Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Of all of those mentioned in the Christmas narrative, there are only two groups of people that really understood what was taking place besides Joseph and Mary. The proprietor didn't understand, that is the innkeeper. He was the one who turned them away. The people, the inhabitants didn't understand. In fact, next week when we get into Matthew's gospel, we will find that they were troubled at the saying. The potentate, Herod the Great, he didn't get it. He was concerned about losing his own throne and his own power. And even the priests, oh, they, although they understood that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem and Judea because of what the prophets foretold, they did not understand that this one who was to be the Savior of the world was the babe at that time in Bethlehem. Those who understood it, shepherds and kings. And this week we're going to talk about shepherds and we're going to talk about how God prepared those shepherds on the hillside in a very specific way to introduce the wonder of the one who was born in Bethlehem. Next week we're going to talk about kings. Magi from the east who came to worship him. And we're going to talk about the Magi and talk about perhaps who they were and if other places in the scripture talk about Magi. And we'll see the gifts that they presented unto him. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Luke chapter 2. You follow along as I read this passage of scripture beginning in verse 1 down through verse 18. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when or before Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each one to his own town, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she came birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. 
and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. As we open this narrative, we discover something. That there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. Now, in this day, travel was somewhat challenging, and so the decree that went out was probably about 4 B.C., and it was during that time frame that Caesar wanted all of the inhabitants of Judea, of Israel, to come and be registered so that they could pledge loyalty to Rome. And that loyalty would then involve a taxation which would support the government that was around them. Julius Caesar was one of the most successful Roman emperors that ever lived. Born in 63 B.C., he reigned for some 45 years until his death about A.D. 14. As you're reading Scripture, try to fill in the time frames that Scripture gives to us. Caesar Augustus, if you were to go to chapter 3 and you can just look across the page, you will find that the ministry of John the Baptist began in the reign of Tiberius Caesar. And so you have a time frame there. And that helps us understand exactly what's going on in the world. Caesar brought peace and prosperity to the Roman Empire. Many of the provinces were governed by a heavy hand, yet there was some local autonomy. And in Israel, the Jews were allowed to maintain their religion and their culture and their celebration. We also read that it was when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, if you look at history and you look at the Greek text, that word when can be translated before, and that's probably more accurate because Quirinius came onto the scene as one appointed by Rome, and he was a major political player in Rome. The census that was implemented by Herod was to coincide that all people should come and be registered to their hometown. And when Quirinius became the governor of Syria some years later, he was given the task of assessing property taxes on the Jews. So we have Caesar Augustus, we have Quirinius, and next week we'll talk a little bit about Herod the Great. And and we will see that Herod the Great ruled this region with a heavy hand and thought he was to be the only one to be worshipped. But that's for another time. Now, the text tells us that Joseph and Mary came up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth through Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was the house and lineage of David. Now, this was no small feat. Some 60 or 70 or 80 miles was what took place. And that was a journey that took a long time for them to make so that they could fall under the authority of the Roman government. And so that gives you a little bit of the background 
And I hope you understand that when God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, God knew exactly what he was doing. God knew the time. God knew the people. God knew the trouble it would take in order to make that kind of journey. And the scripture says, and while she was there, her days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, laid him in swaddling clothes, put him in a manger. Now, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, our tradition is to celebrate Christmas on December 25th. Now, since Israel is in the same hemisphere as we are, Israel has the same seasons that we have. So, it's not only winter where we are, it's also winter over in Israel. This was not the time that shepherds would be in their fields keeping watch over their flock by night. You say, well, where in the world did we get December 25th in? How did that come into play? Christians were persecuted for the first four centuries. And under Constantine the Great, they were given freedom because Constantine himself became a Christian. And so Constantine declared the date, December 25th, as a date of freedom for Christians. And throughout the centuries then, Christians started to celebrate that as the birth of their spiritual freedom in Jesus Christ. Now, we're not real sure exactly when Christ was born, but shepherds were in their fields either in the springtime or the fall time. There are some who believe that Christ was born in the fall time. And this is because the Feast of the Tabernacles takes place in the fall, and Jesus Christ took on flesh to tabernacle himself among us. That makes some sense, doesn't it? But I happen to believe that Christ was born in the springtime, because it was in the springtime that the new lambs were being birthed. It was also in the springtime that they celebrated Passover. And Jesus Christ came to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And so I want you to understand that the Scripture, as it describes the shepherds in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night, was probably in the springtime around Passover. Now, it was not common in this day to have large flocks of animals around metropolitan areas. Now, Bethlehem is indeed the least of the princes of Judah, a small population, but only about eight miles southeast of Jerusalem. And one of the reasons that they didn't have large flocks around populated beings was because of the aroma. Can you imagine... Flocks of several hundred sheep in your backyard? And so this was a special dispensation. And it happened around Passover time. 
And what took place was the high priests would combine a number of flocks together and they would put them under the care of the shepherds. And the shepherds would raise these sheep having their lambs so that when Passover got here, there would be sacrifices. And the high priest would come out and he would investigate the herd and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And he would make sure that the shepherds were doing what he wanted them to do. So as we look around the circumstances of what was taking place, we recognize that Christ was probably born in springtime when the lambs were being born to be sacrificed at the Passover. You see how God put this all together? You see how God's plan is being worked out? The shepherds, as they were tending these huge flocks, providing unblemished, sacrificial lambs for the people. But not only do we see the circumstances around these shepherds abiding in their fields by night, keeping watch over their flock, we also see something about their care. As I said, these sheep were to be sacrificial lambs. And the shepherds had to take special interest in their sheep. When a ewe was getting ready to be birthed, they would take it to what was called the Medal Eder. It was off to the side of the field, and there was, a, there was a barn there, and the shepherds would take the ewes in so that they could give birth so that the shepherds would be able to help if necessary. Because I remind you that sacrificial lambs had to be without blemish and without spot. And so they would take these lambs in and give them the assistance and there bring forth the lambs that would be offered. It was also at that point where the high priest would come out and and climb on top of this high platform and make sure that the shepherds were doing what they were supposed to do. Now, the reason the high priest did that was because in order to minister in the temple, they had to be clean. The high priest could not come in contact with dead bodies. The high priest could not come in contact with feces. And so so they kept themselves separate, climbing this platform in order to look out over the flocks that were being watched by night. You are aware that in the Jewish society, there was almost a fanaticism about cleanliness. Shepherds were never clean. It was impossible. They lived in defiled conditions and were not allowed to even go to the temple and offer sacrifices. They couldn't go to the synagogue and worship. So any experience that the shepherds might have had to be between himself and God. And so we have these shepherds 
keeping watch over their flock by night. There was a calling to these shepherds. You picked it up because you know the text. Verse 10, an angel appeared unto them and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Now, did you notice the reaction of the shepherds? They were trembling. <laughs> I would have been too. This morning I was greeting someone and I simply called a name and they reacted because they weren't expecting that. Can you imagine being out on the hillside and having an angel appear to you? And the angel said, do not fear, for I bring you good news of great joy to all people, all people including you shepherds. Think about that, will you please? As I said, the shepherds could not participate in worship. They could not go to the synagogue. They could not be involved in daily practices with the people. But the angel said, I have good news for you. And what was it? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Even though they could not worship with the rest of the population, even though they could not be involved in the temple, God gave to them a message a message that was for all people, especially for them. A message of great joy. A Savior is born. You know people who say, I'm too bad to get saved. God will never accept me. I know folks like that. Who would have ever thought that God would accept the shepherds? Who would have ever thought that God would have given his message to this group of people? Now, after the message, they had a conversation among themselves and said, let us go now and see this thing that the Lord hath made known to us. Did you ever wonder where they went? Now, there are some who would say they, that the innkeeper had a barn, a stable, and many times we'll have donkeys and camels and all kinds of menagerie up here, and perhaps that's where Jesus was born. You, you'll understand that many folks say that he was born in a cave because that was where many times the shepherds went and kept their flock at night. But may I suggest to you today that they went to the Medal Eder, the place where the young lambs were birthed. Now, there's nothing in Scripture that tells us that, but it makes sense to me. That God would have his lamb born in a place where the temple sacrifices were birthed.
they apparently knew where to go. The angel didn't give them any direction, didn't give them GPS coordinates. They didn't plug this into their navigational system. But they knew where to go. And the place that they were familiar with was Medawidar. And what did they do? Let's go. Let's find out what God has done. And let's tell everybody about it. Let's go. Let's find out what God has done. And let's tell everybody about it. Isn't that the message to us today? Let's go. Let's see what God does. And let's share the good news. That's why it's so important for us to have God projects. So that we go intentionally and share what God is doing in our lives. And what did they do? They made known abroad the thing that was told them because they discovered that God's word was true. Now, if you didn't read scripture, you'd think that God would send the message of his son to the temple people, wouldn't you? People who'd been looking for the Messiah, people who'd been studying the scriptures, people who knew what the sacrifices were all about, people who knew what to do when he came. But he didn't. He sent it to the shepherds. Defiled. Displaced. People. I'm thankful that God has given the message to us, aren't you? A defiled, a displaced person has come to understand that one day, 2,000 years ago, a Savior was born in Bethlehem. Perhaps where the ewes birthed for a temple sacrifice. And that saying, that gospel, that good news, is given to us to share with those who are around. Now, you and I know the rest of the story. We know that that babe in Bethlehem was born to die. We know that he was born to provide his given body, to shed his precious blood. We know that he came to be the new covenant permanently taking away the sin of the world. And that's what we celebrate in these elements. And just as the shepherds did on that hillside, they adored him. We proclaim who he is until he comes.